0: Let's go after something new. That's how I want you to walk into 2024. I want you to walk into it as if the God that literally removed the entire camp of the Arameans from their campground so that these four lepers could plunder it. I want you to realize that that God is your God and that god wants to do things just like that for you this year why not live while you're waiting god might want to do more for you than what you're waiting for why not if god did it for them he will do it for you
1: It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey guys, it
0: is your girl Autumn Miles man, I love you guys. Happy New Year again to you. I hope you guys are have got your, your trees down, you've mopped, you've swept, you know, all the things. And if you don't, no judgment here. Um, but I hope you're settling back into the new year. And I hope you are looking at this year with eyes of hope. I pray as you look to 2024, there is an element of excitement that we get to watch god interact in our life this year. I kind of feel like, you know, on the on the edge of my seat a little bit thinking what are you going to do this year, god? What do you have in store? What have you planned for my life? I can't wait to see those things unfold. And I hope you're settling into life. I know my kids were recording this a week early, so I'm just going to be honest. They're still home. But by the time you hear this, they'll be back in school. And I don't know if the breaks are getting longer or things are getting crazier, but I'm ready for that. They're ready for that. We're all ready to kind of be back into a normal routine. But welcome to the show. I have... A real, real big word for you. We're going to start a new series today. It is going to be called and we're going to sit in this series and we're going to stay in this series for probably the entire month of January. If God did it for them, he will do it for me. If God did it for them, he will do it for me. We're going to sit in that series for about a month. I have an amazing passage of scripture that is not well known so if you know this you get a brownie point you get a Bible Brownie point it's not well known I've studied this it's set in my heart for three weeks and I'm still <laughs> I st- there's just so much in here so um, you know me I tried to uh, trim everything down and I'll get to all the content after the break but it's gonna be a good month it's gonna be a great month a good month to launch into this 2024 year so welcome to the show couple announcements for you guys um we need if god so leads would you be willing to donate you're gonna hear me saying this a lot this year i actually put out um a call i've i've never been one really to be like hey we would you give I've never done that before but the Lord convicted me of that. He's like there's people that are willing if you would just ask. I don't know why it's like a weird thing for me. I'm annoyed at my own self because of it. But man, I started asking you guys to give last year and it was amazing to see how you stepped up. So thank you so much for that. You know, what we this podcast is not free not at all okay the people that we hire are incredible people um they're professional people that we work with so this is not while it's free for you to listen to it's not free to produce and so we really appreciate those of you that have stepped up and say you know what i'm going to donate because this is in some way is benefiting my my life and my spiritual walk if that's you simply go to the website you can there's a little donate button that you can click and um, you know whatever it is, if it's a dollar, we'll take it. <laughs> if it's five dollars, we'll take it. Five dollars is a lot of money to me. I love, I love it when I find like a five dollar bill in my in my pants pocket. It's like the best day ever. So anything is um, beneficial and helpful. And thank you so much for those of you that are like, wow. I'm going to step up and I'm going to do this because it was such a blessing over the last couple of months. Thank you for doing that. Also, this year, there's going to be you'll notice a few little uh, changes that we're going to do. My team and I were talking about it yesterday. We're going to implement some new stuff. I would love for you guys to share this with a friend. Share it with, you know, your coworkers, your aunts, your uncles, as we are going to begin to refresh the podcast. A lot of you guys have have loved it and we've got amazing comments on just the content and the way we do stuff and stuff like that. And I really appreciate all of the encouragement, but I like to freshen things up. And so if you notice like a new segment or two, which one of them I'll be introducing today, you know, that's just because that's what we're doing It's 2024. We're going to go for it. Um, OK, also want to tell you guys, hey, follow us on social. The great thing about social media is you can hear this podcast and then you can interact with me on social media. And I love... love the encouragement so much. You have absolutely no idea. I love it when you guys are like, this podcast was so good this week. I actually just saw that comment before we went on air here. Thank you for talking about that. It's such confirmation. I see those. My team sees those. Like we, we're we very aware your messages and stuff like that that come through mean the world to me. So follow us on social and interact with us. Send us a message, comment on you know one of the posts or whatever. It's at Autumn Miles, we want to talk to you, and we would love, love to talk to you. Um, what is happening in my life? Well, Christmas break with four children all at home, ages eight, 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 fifteen, and eighteen. <laughs> it ain't boring, I'll tell you that. It's not boring. But one of the things that my son, my eight-year-old son Moses, has asked me to do for a couple of weeks is, Mom. Will you take me fishing? And I just, I don't love to fish, okay? it's It's not something that I feel called to do. It's not, I don't have a talent for it. I don't even have a like for it. It is not something that I ever would choose to do. But here's the thing, moms, every mom will understand. I love my son. And so when you love your son and you know he desperately wants to go fishing, you say, you know what, okay, let's do it. About a week ago, he was like, mom, please take me fishing. And my love language is quality time, and I think his love language is quality time, too, because we do this thing called, he's very busy, okay, Moses is kind of all over the place, he's like he, he doesn't walk anywhere. He gallops places. Like, he he, he jogs places. He does not walk. He kind of darts from one end of our house to the other. He's He's like that little kid on what the Incredibles. Dash was his name. That's my son, okay? And so in order to love on him, in order to hug him, I say, okay, we're going to hug for 60 seconds. And he sits there. And he counts to 60, and we've done this ever since he was really little. But he loves that time. So uh, every time he's like, Mom, can I do this? I'm always like, yes. And he totally lights up when he spends especially one-on-one time with me. So we go fishing this morning, and I tell him before we get out of the car, I do not know how to fish. You're going to have to teach me. I took him one time over the summer, too, just me by myself. You're going to have to teach me. Okay, Mom, I'll teach you. I do not want to touch the worms. You are going to have to touch the worms. Okay, Mom. Got it. You are going to have to bait my hook. Okay, Mom. Got it. If for some reason I catch a fish, I don't know what to do. You are going to have to take the fish off the... Okay, Mom. Got it. The precious little thing got me a fishing pole. He got it perfectly ready. He had all make sure all the line was good. Had a really good hook on it. All the things... He did. I. I don't know. Oh my gosh. See, I know nothing about this. But he took the line. He. He. He just made it look really, really nice. Like so, the hook wouldn't stick me, you know, on accident or whatever. He set it aside. He got the fish. I mean, the the worms, um, all the things, and we went fishing. And I'm telling you what, I didn't catch a thing. I didn't even see a fish. <laughs> I don't even know if there's any fish in the. I don't even think there was a fish in the pond. I don't, I never saw one. I didn't catch one. He didn't catch one, and it didn't matter. It was the best time ever. Moses has the best smile of any human being on the entire planet. Like his smile, he's got like a hundred million dollar smile. That kid, his whole face lights up. It is the cutest little smile. He has always had the smile ever since he was ever since he started smiling. He smiled the whole time. I think he liked the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. Like, I wasn't joking. (laughs) I really didn't know what I was doing. Last time we went fishing, I had to call Eddie to come help me because I caught three fish, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. But he had a blast, and it was so incredibly special. And he's getting bigger, and he, like, comes up to my shoulder now. And I know before I know it, he's just like Jude. Like, instantly, all of a sudden, they grow up over your head. but that kid is a treasure he is my treasure and i love him so very much so it was really fun to go fishing even though i didn't know what i was doing because i love him (laughs) y'all got me out there moms i know you guys do okay that is what's happening in my life we are gonna cut to the break and then we are gonna dig into if god did it for them he will do it for me series part one i'll see you in a sec
2: every day a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. Y Z A. Yeah.
0: Okay, guys, we are back from the break. And here we go. If God did it for them, He will do it for you. God gave me this title to this series that we're getting ready to do. And I'm going to do something a little weird today. I wasn't expecting this, but this is what the Lord, as I was, I I have prayed for this message so much. It's like how much can you pray for a message? Well, apparently a lot more than you think you need to. And here the Lord has said, there's going to be several parts to this series. I'm going to use actually two chapters, I think, in this series as, as I continue to flesh it out. But today we are going to start actually in the middle of the story. Okay. Typically, I like to set up the story, you know, every every good preacher likes to set up the story, give you the background, give you all the things. And you know what, God told me not to do that today. So we're gonna start in the middle of the story, in the middle of the passage. And I've got some amazing points, but just so you know, this will not be in chronological order as it is written in the scripture. And you know what, it's okay, it's okay. We can do what we want over here at the Audemars show. (laughs) If God did it for them, he will do it for me. As I was praying for you and I was praying over this today, as we face 2024, I want you to go in with this mindset. God's the one that gave it to me and I felt a very strong sense, urge, awareness and that there are some of you guys that are listening that you have seen God work For others, marriages, children, I don't even know, there's so many different uh, ways that I could go with this. New home, new job, a a good church, a good friend, a good small group, Uh, you know what, the list goes on and on. You have seen God move and God work in so many different areas and you have said to yourself, in your quiet time, in your private time, in the time, in the secret place, the place where nobody's there but you and the Lord, you have said to Him, What about me? What about me? I'm happy for them. I'm happy that you've come through for them. I'm happy that you've restored their marriage. I'm happy that you blessed them to death financially. I'm so happy that you healed her uh, cancer. I'm so happy that they got pregnant. I'm so happy that they got the new house. But what about me, Lord? I'm your faithful servant. I'm sitting here. I'm coming to you every single day, praying the same thing. I've been waiting longer than they have. (laughs) What about me? And I want to tell you, you know, that's not a selfish thing to ask the Lord. You would be shocked at all the things that I pray and that I I talk to the Lord about. He is your friend. It It is one of those things. There should be an element of transparency with the Lord where you can look at him and say, I trust you. I believe that you're going to come through. But right now I'm struggling with my patience because it seems like you've come through for everybody else. So what about me, Lord? Are we still good? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Let's normalize total, raw, honest transparency in prayer. I looked at the story and I have mixed emotions about it. I was actually praying a prayer very similar to this a couple of months ago. I don't think I was saying what about me, but it was kind of like, "What you doing here, dude?" <laughs> like God. I mean, I know you're in charge, but really, it was something like that that I was praying. It was one of my trans, really raw, transparent moments with the Lord, and the Lord said, "I go get your Bible," and I'm like, "Okie doke." So I go get my Bible, and I'm thinking, okay. Where do you want me to go, Lord? Because to be honest, I have no clue what would even encourage my heart right now. I just I I don't know what it would be. And the Lord said, Where your finger is. Apparently I'd interlaced my fingers, you know, kind of in the pages of the word. And he was like, Start reading. And I was like, Okay, cool. And I came across this story. Now, it's not a very well-known story. You might have heard it. You may not have. Maybe your pastor just preached on it. You know, sometimes I'll do this and it's like an obscure passage of scripture and I'll hear people go, my, my pastor just preached on this. And I'm like, you know that that is the spirit of God. I want to read you through this story. It is a long story, but we're beginning this amazing series. So I want I do want to lay the foundation for this series. I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, 2 Kings chapter 6 is it's one of those passages scripture that talk about something weird, cannibalism. Okay, it's not great. It's actually terrible. And I'm not going to read you through that part. You go read it yourself. Go start in 2 Kings 6:24 and it'll enlighten you, okay? It's kind of terrible. But what was happening was very very real. Let me just read the first couple of, of verses. Now it came about after this and we're going to leave the this for another day. That Benadad, king of Aram, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. There was great famine in Samaria. Great famine. Now, in my study, we're going to take a pause right here for a second. Benadad, king of Aram, he went in and besieged, took everything from Samaria, gutted it out, basically, And it left Samaria in such a place of lack that it was killing the people. They didn't have their needs. They were paying a lot of money for really no food whatsoever. But the king of Aram did what he set out to do, which was try to completely overwhelm Samaria. There was, verse 25, a great famine in Samaria and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and a fourth of a cab of dove's dung. That's right. I said it for five shekels of silver. So a donkey's head, which had no meat on it whatsoever, and it was kind of gross, you know. I mean, who wants to eat a donkey's head? I guess some people do. Not your girl, okay? I like chicken, all right? Um, was sold for 80 shekels of silver. That is a lot of money for something that doesn't have a lot of meat on it, okay? In a cab of dove's dung, five shekels of silver. Gross. A uh, Gross. That's how bad they had besieged. Samaria, it was so bad, I'm going to let you read this for yourself, that they were beginning to get involved in cannibalism. Disgusting, okay? Absolutely terrible. Absolutely just horrific, all right? So the king is mad. The king of Samaria is mad, and he wants to find the great prophet Elisha. He goes to find the prophet Elisha, and this is where I'm going to pick it up in verse 32. Now, Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. Note, the elders were sitting with Elisha, they were not sitting with the king, okay? And the king sent a man from his presence, but before the messenger came to him, listen, before the messenger came to Elisha, he said to the elders, Do you see how this son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Look, before the messenger, the messenger's not there yet. This is Elisha speaking. Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. We are not going to talk about that today, but I am going to come back to it in a week or two. While he was still talking, Elisha was still talking about this messenger. While he was still talking, verse 33, with them, Behold, the messenger came down to him and said, Behold, this evil is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Okay, Uh, 7 verse 1. Then Elisha said, Listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. Now, they're selling, at this point, they are selling donkey's heads. For, uh, what did I say? Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me share it again. 80 shekels of silver. They're selling a disgusting donkey's head with no meat on it, I guess. I mean, I don't need donkey's heads for 80 shekels of silver. But Elisha says this the, the famine is horrible. The famine is widespread in Samaria. The king is mad at Elisha. He's blaming Elisha for it. But Elisha says, tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. Well, that's cheap. That's about what it would be like when you're not in a famine. And two measures of barley for a shekel. Pretty cheap. In the gate of Samaria. Elisha is prophesying that something miraculous is getting ready to happen. I know a donkey's head is being sold for 80, uh, what do I say, 80 shekels of silver. But tomorrow, tomorrow, at this time tomorrow, tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now listen to this. The royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning answered the man of God. So the royal officer speaks up and says, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Then he said, behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat of it. Verse 3, and this is where we're going to camp on today. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, okay? And they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we will die there. They knew the famine was happening in Samaria. They're like, yeah, we're not going in there. We'll die there because we will die because we will have no food, okay? If we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. Now, listen, these are the same people that just besieged Samaria. They just went in and literally took everything that they could and basically left them to fend for themselves with nothing. They plundered them, they went in, they fought them, and they won, okay? So these four lepers are saying, if we sit here, if we go in, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. Let's go over to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, we'll live. If they kill us, we will but die. (laughs) They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans. When they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and the sound of horses, even the sound of a great army. So they said to one another, behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, Come upon us. Therefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and left their horses and left their donkeys, even the camp just as it was, and fled for their life. Verse 8. When these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent, they ate and drank, and carried from their silver. And gold, and clothes, and went, went and hid them. And they returned and entered another tent and carried from there also, and went and hid them. And that's where I'm going to stop. I know I just read a lot. Congratulations, you made it through a lot of verses. The story is not over, but I want to kind of save that. You know, I've read this story in its totality. Pff, I don't know, probably a lot of times. Okay. Every time I'm gleaning something new out of the story, but I cannot get these four lepers out of my head. I love them so much. I love these lepers. I've talked about lepers in the past. I've talked about, you know, leprosy is actually a disease, but also leprosy back in the day meant it's just a skin condition of some sort. The skin condition was, uh, leprosy was like an overall blanket statement for a skin condition, okay? So these guys could have had, I don't know, something, something weird on their skin. And it doesn't mean that they actually had leprosy. They could have had the actual leprosy disease, but they also could have just had some skin condition. And by law, they were not allowed inside of the city. So they stood at the gate of Samaria. They were outcasts. We know that from the New Testament. We know that from Jesus healing. I talked about the 10 lepers over the Thanksgiving holiday, but they were outcast. And the conversation that they had is a conversation that I want you to have with yourself. I know this sounds weird for 2024. This is what they said. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? verse ever to me okay of course I've been in and out of this passage of scripture so call me weird I don't really care but I think it's an amazing question why do we sit here until we die why their conversation is amazing if we say we will enter the city then the famine is in the city if we say we will enter the city then the famine is in the city and we will die there if we sit here will die also. Now, therefore, come. (laughs) Come on. Let's go over to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, we'll live. If they kill us, we will but die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with these lepers. I love them so much. I can't even, I can't even hardly stand it because these four outcasts They are of literal no importance to Samaria, to the king of Samaria, to nobody, okay? Nobody cares about these people, right? They make a very beautiful point. Why do we sit here until we die? When I entitled this uh, series, If God Did It For Them, He'll Do It For Me, I had these four lepers in mind. Because when we are looking at everybody else and we're focused on everybody else and we're thinking, you know, you know, these lepers thought, wow, they have good skin and they're going into the city. You know, I would love to go into the city and talk to people that aren't out here at the gate. Why couldn't I get skin like that? Why did I have to get leprosy? Why do I have to have this skin disease? Why do I have to whatever? You know these four lepers had conversations about why they were in the situation that they were in and why other people were not in the situation that they were in. What was the difference? How come uh, God Almighty came through for them but seemingly didn't come through for these four lepers? And they have this beautiful moment of clarity when they are not focused on themselves so much, but they're focused on action in the middle of waiting. Why do we sit here until we die? When I read this passage of scripture, when I read this particular verse, it spoke volumes to me. This is what we do. We sit And we wait for God to do whatever he's done for them, for us. We just wait, 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 wait. And we literally, our faith dies, our hope dies, everything dies. As we're watching somebody else flourish and wondering why in the world that cannot be my life. All of a sudden, these four lepers have this moment of clarity where it's like, why are we just sitting here. I have said, I said this, oh gosh, 20 years ago, I think. I was first starting off in ministry, all the whole nine, everything. Everyone was, it was really hard for everybody to wait. And I remember counseling someone one time and they were waiting on something. I can't remember what it was. And I looked at them square in the face. And I said, make sure you live while you wait. You have stopped living And the only thing you're doing is waiting. Make sure you live your life to the fullest while you wait. Why do we sit here until we die? If they were to sit there, they would have died. But they decided we're going to actually participate even though we're waiting basically to die. Why do we sit here? They start to devise a plan because they have decided... They're no longer going to sit in the sidelines and let the inevitable happen. They are going to become active participants in their own life, and they are going to step out in faith and do something that they hadn't done up until this point. They're going to live while they're waiting. They're going to live while, and participate and try something in their life while they're waiting for God to do what he did for them, uh, for others, for them. If we go into the city, we're gonna die. Why not do something? I got it. Let's go over to the camp of the Arameans. Maybe they'll let us in. If they do, we'll live. If they don't, we'll die. (laughs) We're waiting on the inevitable anyway. I go and I speak at uh, college every year. I have spoke to lots of young uh, women's leadership students, a lot of them over the years. I teach a leadership course on women's ministry. And I'll go through all of these classes and, you know, and they're they're precious, like I am obsessed with them. <laughs> I love them so much, I see myself in them. And they'll ask me questions like, how did you get started? And how did you begin to do what you're doing now? And um, wow, you've written these books. Well, how did that start? And my answer, I feel like they hate every time I tell them my answer. <laughs> How did you do this I'm waiting on my big break I'm waiting on the big job I'm waiting I want to be a speaker and I can't wait to speak to two thousand people and I'm waiting on that opportunity I want to be a women's pastor but and I'm waiting on that opportunity and hopefully my degree will get me there and and I hope it does too but my question response when someone says how did you get started and what can I do to get started if they want to be a speaker, I'll say, have you spoken to a small group? Have you lent your talent to the school? Have you volunteered in kids' ministry? Because you got to get up in front of kids, and kids are the hardest audience of all time. At least adults are mature enough to sit there and like, and then pretend to like you. Kids, they don't care. They'll tell you what they think. Are you volunteering in your church? A lot of times they'll look at me and say, no, I'm full-time in school, and I'll say, well, you know what, that's how it starts. You've got to learn to live while you're waiting. Writing a book. Autumn, how do I write a book? How do I start? Well, do you journal? No. (laughs) Are you active on social media, writing captions? No. Okay. Have you, do you write anything (laughs) besides email? No, I really don't. Why not? That's how you start. They're waiting for this big move of God, and surely it's coming. But oftentimes, a huge move of God starts with the decision, why do we sit here until we die? Why do we sit here until we have that big break? Why are we just sitting around waiting for something when we can do something about our present condition? Respectfully. I feel like that might be where some of you guys are. You're waiting for something. And I get it. Oh my gosh, I've had to wait for so much stuff in my life. But you've forgotten the art and just freedom to live your life while you're waiting for that thing to happen. I'm just going to wait until God does this for me and then I'll be happy. If you wait, to be happy and joyful until God gives you that one thing that you think is going to make you happy, you will have wasted potentially years not being happy or joyful because you're so focused on that thing and it's stealing your joy. If you're waiting to go on missions trips or to go on, to start a ministry or whatever until there's like some big break. Like I understand that there's wisdom and you've got to count the cost. Trust me, I have done this. I, I've lived this. There are a lot of things that you can do right now before that thing comes that can prepare you until that thing comes. Before I did uh, women's ministry, uh, did this ministry full time. My husband was a youth pastor. I was there all the time I did everything. I planned the parties. I was a small group leader. I, you know, counseled everybody, talked to parents, did the whole thing. I greeted. I love to greet. I'm like the best greeter ever. I love it. I've tried to do it at Gateway sometimes when we get there and I'm like, there needs some be, to... I want to stand in and greet. And my husband works there. So I just walk up there and start greeting people. There is so much that you can do besides sitting there until that thing happens the lepers got it right and i love the fact that the god used the lepers these outcasts these people that no one even paid attention to to discover a piece of what god had done that was so miraculous that it literally changed samaria overnight he didn't use the king to find it he didn't even sing send Elisha to find it. He sent four lepers to find it that were willing to say, I am not sitting here anymore. I'm just waiting to die. I'm going to do something about it. What do I have to lose? Let's pick it up. They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans when they came to the outskirt of the camp. Now, When you're coming to the outskirts of a camp in biblical times, it's going to be pretty well supplied with every single thing that these people needed to sustain life. It is where they lived. Okay. Think of your house. Think of everything that you have in your house. Okay, now granted they didn't have as much as we have today, but everything necessary for them to live was in the camp because they lived in the camp. That's where they lived, right? So at twilight, these four lepers go to the camp. When they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was nobody there. Now these four lepers are starving Because they're in Samaria. They've just been besieged by these people. They have just been gutted. They were taken, had everything taken from them. So they're like creeping to the outskirts of the camp. And you know these (laughs) these guys are looking at, and they could have been a girl. Uh, Oh, no, no. It says four lepers men. They're men. They're looking at each other and they're like, knock, knock. (laughs) Is anybody, is anybody, nobody's here. Do you see anybody? Do you see anybody? No, nobody's here. Okay, that's weird. Behold, there was no one there. Verse six, for the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots, miraculous, and a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army. This sound, people, had to be loud whatever god did however he manifested this crazy sound of chariots horses and a great army it was so loud and so frightening to this group of people that they immediately stopped what they were doing and they on foot and they ran literally for their lives out of the camp wow just sit on that for a second. Elisha had said, listen to the word of the Lord, 7 verse 1. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. That was unbelievable and laughable because they were buying donkey's heads for 80 shekels of silver. And here these four men have this idea. Hmm. What if we just go to the camp? If they kill us, we're going to be dead. <laughs> but if they don't, we're going to live. They discovered one of the greatest miracles written in the Old Testament. Verse 6. For the Lord caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots, horses, even the sound of a great army. So that they said to one another, behold. The king of Israel has hired against us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. They were terrified. Therefore, they arose and fled in twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys. Interesting. They left the donkeys free. They just left them. And they were a hot commodity in Samaria. Even the camp, just as it was, and fled for their life. When these lepers, verse 8, came to the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent, starving, and ate and drank, and carried from there silver and gold and clothes, and went and hid them. And they returned and entered another tent, and carried from there also, and went And hid them. This had happened, and the lepers didn't know it. God was working on something while they waited to die, (laughs) and they didn't know it. God had caused while the lepers were having this conversation, or it says at Twilight this happened. And it also says, uh, let's see, into the city of Amen. In the evening time, it had happened. So the lepers are having this conversation. They decide to go over there. But about the same time, the Arameans hear a sound of chariots, horses, and a sound of a great army. And they fled for their life about the same time. These lepers had no idea what God was doing behind the scenes to save their lives. They had no idea that they were about to literally save everyone in Samaria. They had no idea what choosing to act rather than sitting and waiting for death to come upon them would produce for literally their entire community. It happened and they didn't know it. They could have sat there and never seen what God was willing to do for them. They could have never seen it. Someone else could have discovered it. But God chose the outcasts, the lepers, the people no one really cared about to transform their entire city. God had worked for those lepers. They just had to discover what he had done. This, you guys, sticks just so powerfully with me. They just had to catch up with what God had already planned. They just had to discover what God had already perfectly laid out for them. What if they didn't get up? What if they didn't have that conversation? What if they just had the conversation and thought, you know what, we'll just sit here, I'm too tired. They wouldn't have discovered what God was willing and actually doing for them, and it was perfectly ready to go. All they had to do was find it. This hits me uh, today, and and it is just really, really been such a beautiful reminder over the last 3 weeks. I think I've been I think I've been reading this passage scripture for 3 weeks. I just feel like it's such a practical right now word for our world. It seems like we we would rather focus on what God hasn't done for us rather than realize what he's willing to do for us and maybe he's already done for us. We just have to go discover it. It hits me because I just feel like so many People are sitting on the sidelines when they could be starting a podcast. They could be starting a ministry. They could be volunteering at their church. They could be, I don't know, starting a ministry, social media account. They could be going out on their own. They could be doing so many other things. But for some reason, the enemy has got a lot of people stuck focusing on what they're waiting for. And it's killed their faith as to what God wants to do with them right now. If God did it for them, he'll do it for me. When I look at these lepers, I think that's one of the things, I, a lot of times I identify as a leper. <laughs> I was like, outcast, that's me. Uh, you guys know I was kicked out on my church uh, 20 years ago. And ever since then, in my mind, I've just been like, I'm an outcast. I'm a church outcast, I'm a church outcast. That's just you know one of those things that, i don't know that i've just kind of set with that for years and years and years i've identified with the lepers i'm like leper yes woman at the well that's me <laughs> i mean every person in the, in the scripture i'm always the one that's the outcasty one and if god did it for these four men if he provided something so miraculously for them that they were literally able to go from tent to tent And be restored and renewed and refreshed with food and water and (laughs) supplies and gold and silver and all of these things. If God did all that for them. And he chose them, the outcast. To come upon this miracle and discover what he was doing all along. He will do it for you. I want you to look at 2024 just like they did. Why not? Why are we just sitting here waiting on something? Let's go after something new. That's how I want you to walk into 2024. I want you to walk into it as if the God that literally removed the entire camp of the Arameans from their campground so that these four lepers could plunder it. I want you to realize that that God is your God. And that God wants to do things just like that for you this year. Why not live while you're waiting? God might want to do more for you than what you're waiting for. Why not? If God did it for them, he will do it. For you And he will do it for me. So what are you praying for this year? Every year I put this on, on my social the other day I, and I've said it multiple times at the beginning of the year. Um, I make a prayer list. Shameless plug. Go get gangster prayer if you want to completely overhaul your prayer life. It's been used as a tool for a lot of different people. But when I wrote Gangster Prayer, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of simple-minded when it comes to I need practical things that I can do. I don't want 700 tips that I have to do that's going to overwhelm me. I don't have time to do all that stuff. So Gangster Prayer, when, when I started really looking at my prayer life and overhauling it and unlearning and just wreaking havoc on these systems that I had put up about prayer that weren't true and weren't effective. I simplified everything I want, just like you did last year. I asked you to do last year. I want you to make a prayer list, put five major things on it. Now you will pray for more things other than five things. Okay. There's things that are going to come up in in a month that you didn't even know you needed to pray for. Put five major things on it right now. What are the five major stresses of your heart? The five major things you want God to work through, shine through, fix what are they? Write them down. Pray for those five things every single day. By name, call it out. I made my prayer list uh, a couple of days ago. I prayed about what to put on my prayer list. (laughs) Five things, write it out, pray for it every day until God answers it. Every day, every day, every day. I did that last year. I had to make a complete, oh God, I answered all five of them. I had to make a completely new prayer list in October. And I looked back at that today and I, those all but one or two are answered that are on my October prayer list because I, I redid it. And granted, there's lots of other things on there, but the five major things. And so when I made my new prayer list, I have dates, times, phone calls, emails, emails, meetings that I have had that has been a direct answer to some of those things. I want you to live 2024 to the fullest. Put whatever it is that God lays on your heart on that prayer list and pray through it every single day and watch the God that completely emptied this camp of the Arameans. Watch him do that same thing for you. If God did it for them, he will do it for you. Lord, we love you today. I love this story. Thank you for, it's, it's like we have this wealth of wisdom of your power in these 66 books in the Bible. Thank you for every story. Thank you for every encouragement. Thank you for using people like me. Thank you, Lord, for using people that have pasts. Thank you, Lord, for using the outcast and showing us that if you did it for them, you'll do it for us. Thank you for this word of encouragement, Lord. We lay 2024 at your feet. We give it to you. We ask you to do immeasurably more then we can ask or imagine. We ask you to be our victorious warrior. We ask you to go before us every single day. We ask you to work for us this year, to be our strength this year. Don't give us strength, although we take it. Be our strength this year. We're right behind you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you guys right after the break. For the rest of the show. See you in a sec.
2: Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, The
0: potential for God to change lives is clear. Autumn Miles has a mission to spiritually challenge the way people think. The Autumn Miles Show and Autumn Miles Ministries are 100% listener-supported by those who have already been blessed by God's Word. Would you like to see others experience the change that you have already experienced? Consider being a financial partner with this life-changing ministry. Simply go to autumnmiles.com and click the Donate tab. While you're there, check out all the aspects of this dynamic work. Thank
2: you for supporting Autumn with your prayers and by being a financial partner. God bless you. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X Y Z A. yeah.
0: Okay, guys, we are back. I hope you love that. I love that word, ugh. Anyway, um, we have a testimony and a question for you and then a little uh, new fun thing that we're going to do. Here's our testimony. Hello, team, and Happy New Year. I wanted to let you know I followed Autumn and asked God for a Christmas present. (laughs) She was listening because I'm like, make sure you ask God for a Christmas present that you can't ask for for money. She did it. I asked God to remove the anger and unforgiveness in my heart for many different things i asked for control over those feelings over the next couple of days after asking my heart felt so light and i could breathe easier and felt more love in my heart there are still twinges but i get that i get but i can put them down much quicker and they don't overtake me like they used to now that is a testimony who needs to lighten their load like someone that has struggled with anger that is a testimony i absolutely love it and that is a gift from god to you this last holiday season i love it amazing 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 okay here's a question a question how should you pray while fasting um actually i have two really good questions here but i'm going to do this one how should how and what should you pray for while fasting I love this question. I want to say there's multiple ways that you can do this. I have fasted for very specific things. Say I fast for a week and I fast for one thing, just one thing. I remember one time, and it's not like I'm not trying to be spiritual, but we really needed a breakthrough. (laughs) Uh, My husband and I both fasted for 40 days for one thing, 40 days for one thing. And we were done fasting. We fasted through the summer. We were done fasting in, I think it was in the middle of July. And you guys, two weeks after we had fasted for 40 days, exactly what we were praying for happened. It was unbelievable. Sometimes you can fast for one specific thing. Other times you can bring a list. When you fast like for a long period of time, a lot of times I'll start off and say, Lord, what are areas in my life that I need a breakthrough in? If I don't have a specific thing or I don't have a list of specific things that I need a breakthrough in, I'll ask the Lord, what do I need a breakthrough in? And then I just listen. If I have fast for 21 days, for two weeks, whatever it is, I'll listen. Okay, Lord, what are you telling me? Okay. Okay. I need a breakthrough in that area and I'll let him tell me where I need a breakthrough. So you can fast for a specific thing. One thing, um, One time I fasted for like six weeks every Friday, sundown to sundown for one man's salvation. <laughs> and guess what? When I was done, we, I, we didn't stop fasting until he came and told me he got saved. And he came and he told me he got saved. So you can fast for one thing. You can bring a group of things in that you need a breakthrough for. Or you can let the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, this is where you need a breakthrough. A lot of times fasting you will realize things that maybe you've been spiritually blinded to that the Lord wants to shake off of you and uses those periods of fasting in order to do that. So that's my answer. I've done all three of those things and all of them are beneficial. Fasting is amazing. It's supernatural. It's something that you need to do. And I would highly recommend you do at the beginning of this year. Okay. Okay. We're going to end on a high note. And we're gonna do a segment, what are your thoughts? A lot of you guys send us these questions in there. What are your thoughts? Today, what are my thoughts, very quick, very easy, on sneakers or heels, okay? What are my thoughts? Ending on a high note, My message was kinda heavy. What are my thoughts on sneakers or heels? I love heels. I wore them for 20 years straight, just about every day. And then 2020 happened, and my entire life, you know, went up in flames, just like yours did. So I switched over to sneakers and now I have a nice little collection of high tops. I've realized I like high tops. I don't like low tops. That's just kind of the girl that I am. A little stri- I have a little street style over here. Still love heels when the time is right and when the time calls for it. But I have fully embraced the sneaker high top movement. And I am all about that life now. So I kind of do both. I do both all the time. But we get those questions all the time. If you want to know my thoughts on something, send it to hello at autumnmiles.com. And we will maybe include it in our next podcast. I love you guys so much. Have an amazing week. I will see you next week for this series. If God did
1: it for them, he will do it for you. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode
2: of The Autumn Miles Show.